Welcome back to Sports Stuff, Lewis County's only sports podcast, sponsored by Elam's Home Furnishings and Mattress Gallery, Global Septic, and AmeriCool Heating and Cooling. I'm Aaron Vantile, joined tonight by sports editor Josh Kirschenbaum and sports reporter Dylan Wilhelm. Cody is... On assignment. Oh, where's he at? Oh, no, that's just code for he's not here. Oh, he's probably right. on a roof somewhere. Probably on a roof somewhere. Yeah, he's a big roof guy. Uh, any preambles for you guys? You want to jump into uh, what happened Friday? I don't think we have anything. So, yeah. All right. Do you, have any, so preamb- do you have any preambles? I do not. You Are you sponsored by Yelm? Wearing a sick Yelm Tornado this, shirt. I bought this shirt years ago at a, like a Goodwill. Mm. Cut the sleeves off it for oh, yeah? know, housework, outside work. I've not seen that part, but I'll, I'll, I'll believe you. Care. You don't have to show me. I, oh. Hashtag Yelm boys, though, am I right? Yeah, hashtag Yelm. How, are they good? What's, what's their deal? They're probably fine. I don't, I don't know. We don't cover them. Uh, <laughs> never have. All right. Uh, first off, overtime in the 2A Evco. Uh, is that like a Panic at the Disco play? The That's kind of what I was thought about, yeah. <laughs> not bad. I was trying to come up with a headline, and I was failing. Uh, Rochester beats Black Hills 2014 in OT. Palmer Watt scored a walk-off touchdown after the Warriors forced Black Hills to go four and out on their possession. Black Hills led 7-0 at the half, took the opening drive of the third quarter all the way to the two-yard line before Rochester stiffened up and stopped it and then went 98 yards the other way. Rochester scored again to make it 14-7 in the fourth. Black Hills answered in three plays. The Warriors rushed for a season-low 395 yards. Tough day at the office. <laughs> Led by 197 from Tate Kornstrom. Uh, Jackson Beck passed for 254 yards for Black Hills, and Barraquette Lester had two touchdowns. Rochester, are they okay? They're okay. They, uh, they're running an offense that seems to be okay. I mean, yeah, 395 yards, and that's a season-low. What's that Three, bring their average down to, like 440? Oh, yeah, probably <laughs> something, something like that. that. Uh, yeah, Rochester. Yeah. Well, and they're running a lot like what Tonino used to run, you know, three guys in the backfield. Taking pictures of them is was just impossible because it's like mm-hmm. normally you have that option and one guy goes left and one guy goes right and one guy goes up the middle and one of them gets the ball. Uh, with Rochester, all three of them go up the middle and all of them end up at the bottom of the pile and one of them has the ball and it's the ultimate four yards in a cloud of dust offense. That sounds... Fantastic. It was it was fun watching it. And the, I mean, the fun thing watching an offense like that is they did nothing in the first half pretty much. And you just see the line kind of not even get better, but you just sort of see them wear down the other team. And they were saying afterwards, both their coach and I talked to Palmer Watt, like Black Hills is a team that plays, you know, 20 guys. They're a pretty small roster. And by the fourth quarter, they were really starting to lean on that Black Hills line in overtime. It just wasn't a contest. Um, it took three plays to run 25 yards. They did finish 0 for 2 passing, so that's a that's a down point on the game for Rochester. Uh, I have a question. Yes. How does how does overtime work in high school? It's been a while. It's college rules, so you get you get the ball in the 25, and you just get a drive, mm-hmm. and then the other team gets a drive, and then you go till somebody scores. Yeah. Well, you go till it's like baseball, right? You you do an inning, and then whoever's winning at the end wins, and if you're still tied, you play another inning. Okay. All right. Uh, and this was just fun because it was the ultimate clash of styles. As I said, Black Hill or Rochester ran it all but twice, and every single one of those was a run up the middle. Black Hills is running probably the closest thing you're going to get to the air raid in high school football. That uh, Jackson Beck threw the ball 35 times, I think. Oh. 
and it went okay. They don't really have a run game. I think they ran it like five times or something like that. It really is pass first, pass always. And they've got some okay guys. I can see how they've kind of had some struggles going in. I think they'll get a couple wins by the end of the year. But it was just the ultimate, like, Black Hills wasn't great at stopping Rochester's power because they're not usually used to playing in a phone booth. And Coach talking to AJ Easley after the game, he was like, yeah, we don't really have any practice running defense or playing defense against a spread team because we don't have the athletes to play a spread team. And if we did have the athletes to be a spread team, we would be a spread team. <laughs> So it was definitely, it took both teams kind of a half to figure out what they wanted to do against each other. And it kind of, it definitely got, became a better game in the second half. And real quick, I'm sorry. I just want to also add Don't that. say you're sorry. This is your fucking podcast, man. AJ Easley, back when we met at camp, he mentioned how much depth he had in that backfield and how he was looking forward to that. Because last year, when he, he felt that when those top three running backs came off the field and they had to go deeper, he felt there was a drop off. So was it last week or the week before they had eight different guys touch the ball? Yeah, and well, so th- well, last week I think they had eight, and Watt wasn't one of them. I'm pretty sure Palmer Watt was hurt. Yeah, He came back. He did well. Tate Kornstrom had a good game. Uh, Mason Armstrong, who was normally their third back, he got hurt in the first quarter, and Ethan Rodriguez kind of became that other option. He scored a touchdown. So, yeah, good showing. Yeah, so he's been planning for that, and the fact that he sees that now, he's got to be happy about that. All right, next item, uh, WF West gets on the board with a 55-26 win over Shelton. It was tied 14-14. Then WF West scored with a second left before halftime. Then they scored 34 in the second half to lead 55-19. Gage Brumfield threw for 166 yards and two touchdowns and ran for 98 yards and two more touchdowns. Declan McDonald also ran in two touchdowns. Tucker Land had the other one. There's not a whole lot here because it was in Shelton and we were not, but. Okay. Uh, they, they needed the win. They needed yeah. the win. They yeah. showed out in the second half. They are 1-0 and in league, and that's kind of all that matters. All right. Good for them. Uh, Tomwater beats Kelso's breaks off in a 54 nothing route. Is that the proper breaks? No. Oh, but all right. nobody needed to know that because this is an audio-based podcast. <laughs> That's true, and nobody will know. Uh, That's the- Tumwater beat Kelso 54 nothing. They had more points than Kelso had yards, 54-33. Dana Iverson had an interception and recovered a fumble, and Cooper Clark had nine carries for 116 yards and three touchdowns. Tumwater. Back. Still good? Are they back? They're back. All the way back? I think they might be. You're 3-0 and with a win over... A 2A state team, a 2A state finalist, and a 3A state team, and none of them have been particularly close. That's that's a resume right there. All right. They're looking good. And final 2A games, and Trey loses to Aberdeen 28-6. to They were down 14-6 at halftime. JoJo Simpson had the Tigers' only touchdown on a short run in the second quarter. I mean, that is, that's the intro to league play for Centralia, right? Yeah, that was their first league game. And I mean, twenty-eight to six. It's closer than a lot of their games have been. The defense. I mean, it was. I think it was consistent, right? One touchdown per quarter, pretty much for Aberdeen. So, yeah, it was. It was close at half, and it kind of just got away from them. But there, there were probably positives in there somewhere. All right. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Goble Septic, providing septic service and sanitation for Thurston, Lewis, Mason, Cowlitz, and Grays Harbor counties. It's a positive in this podcast. 
It's it the goal absolutely is. Uh, providing septic pumping inspection and riser installation, commercial septic pumping, grease trap services, porta potty rentals, and portable sinks. Visit GoBlesseptic.com or give them a call at 360-736-2167. I wish we had like transition music for this next part to move into this county's favorite. Is this an invitation for me to pull the hold music back up from my phone? Uh, yeah. And now back to the C2BL <laughs> podcast. Uh, I'm not going to. Don't don't hit the just button. Just don't a, even know a, a little jingle. So hot right now. Is yeah, that the C2BL yeah, sure. I hope you like shutouts. We're going to get a lot of shutouts in this segment. Jeez, right. voice was that in the bit. Uh, that was Will Farrell in Zoolander. Um, first up, Napavine wins. Yeah, you're right. Before we get to that, 30 nothing, 50 to 6, 56 nothing, 46 12, 40 nothing. And then in the one piece, we've got a 52 nothing game for Mossy Rock. Remember when uh, we talked about how many close games there? I guess I did cover an overtime game, so. Yeah, yeah, I'm throwing the forty, throwing the fifty-four nothing Tumwater game. All right, so yeah, Napoleon played some Canadians. They want a meat grinder, quote meat grinder over the Canadians, thirty nothing. It breaks a streak of fifteen straight regular season running clock wins for Napoleon. Uh, and the fewest points the Tigers have scored since regular season or playoffs. Regular User, season, I think. Uh, oh no, no regular, regular season. season, regular season. Um, God, I can't I can remember. It's got to be two, three years. I can break the whole music back out again. It's the uh, the first game of the COVID season when Ani shut him out. Spring. Oh, right, right. Okay. And I guess overall would be the 2021 two-week final that Ashton Demmer still dreams about every night, apparently. Oh, that was like, what, like 1914 or whatever it was? Not a dream, it's a nightmare, Josh. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, all right, um, well... I mean, this uh, is like when everybody's like, Napavine's winning by a lot, but are they like a step, still a step short? Bear right. with me because I got a real hot take here. You got All a right. take here? No. This, bear with me while I state the obvious. If a couple plays had gone differently, this is one of those where the score, I mean, it was never really in doubt, but that it was a little closer. Um, there was a fumble recovered. Napavine recovered a fumble on Carson Graham's second play of the game, and then punched it in. That was, they scored on their first drive, then recovered the fumble, then scored again. They're up 14-0 rather quickly. And from there, it was just kind of a, this weird, ugly, like, if I if if I had watched this game and it had been like dumping rain, it would have made a lot more sense. Just a lot of missed, Carson Graham tried, like, I, I credit him. They just kept shooting. Was it that Dion Waiters quote where it's like, I'd rather go 0 for 30 than 0 for 9 because that means I lost confidence and stopped shooting? Because mm-hmm. these guys didn't connect on a single deep ball, and they're like, you out wide, you are going to either run a deep post or a straight go route, and we are just going to try that every single time. And it never worked, but I credit them for trying. <laughs> <laughs> and they, I mean... And Napavine? <laughs> Napavine, it was kind of weird. They... The Canadians brought a lot of physicality. They had a lot of size. I was actually over on their sideline for a decent portion of the game, and I think that kind of helped them kind of slow down the Napavine run game. It never really looked... They never fell out of flux, but it certainly wasn't the buzzsaw that we expect from them. But all that being said, 30 nothing is still 30 nothing at the end of the day. So it was kind of weird, but Napavine is Napavine. So. All right. Uh, Kale Stanley had 97 rushing yards and a touchdown. Uh, Napavine... You know what? They're doing fine. They're doing fine. I mean, 
this is the week that you can start to put it on the radar. They're playing PWV, and it's probably going to be a game similar to that. We'll get into that with grid picks. So they got one week to after that to ratchet it into place because when you play Linden Christian, it needs to be pretty close to oh, the yeah. to the A plus game right there. That's their that's their you know their test game. Yeah. Uh, on Alaska rolls past Rainier fifty nothing. On Alaska 50 scored to six. fifty to six. On Alaska had fifty in the first half. Rodrigo Rodriguez, still a great name. Still Thirteen great name. carries, two hundred twelve yards, touchdown. Shame Eight. that Cody's not here to gloat about his preseason All Area MVP choice because man, it's looking good. <laughs> yeah, uh, Caden Mazingo, ten carries, one hundred seventy four yards, four touchdowns. And then for Rainier, their touchdown came on a Jaden Aligarby's kickoff return on Alaska. When they're not playing Napavine, pretty darn good. Pretty good. I All mean, right. when they were playing Napavine, they were fine. But yeah, no, they're yeah, they look good. Uh, Toledo shuts out Tudelik, fifty-six nothing. Uh, Ethan Carver, Eli Weeks, Ryder Buswell, and Rohan Feigenbaum all had rushing touchdowns. Weeks also hit Trevor Gale for a forty-six-yard pass touchdown. Trevin and Gale. Trevin Gale. Trevin Gale. And Trevin and Bayron. These sounds like Game of Thrones characters. <laughs> Trevin and Bayron, Bayron Rodriguez took a blocked punt back for a touchdown. They're also rolling, though Tuta Lake is not usually the biggest test of how rolling one is. I, yeah, you don't have to be rolling to beat Tuta Lake. You yeah, just have to be, like, percolating, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, next up, PWV beats Wakayakum 46-12 in a tough place to play. Well, that's why the 12. They were yeah. down 12-0 when they got off the bus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> It was forty-six nothing midway through the third. Uh, maybe they're down twelve when they got back on the bus. I don't know. Uh, Cody Strozik ran for ninety-nine yards. Blake Howard ran for ninety-seven. They both had two touchdowns. Uh, <laughs> Spud Swagger scored a touchdown. What a name! Just you know, a tip tip your cap, Spud Swagger. I love it. Uh, the Titans also pulled off a hook and ladder from Nate Fluke to Blaine King to Cody Strozik, sparking the ultimate perpetual uh, debate slash discussion, which is how do you score uh, a hook and ladder play? Oh, I've looked it up before and I cannot we remember. Have to look, we had to look it up because every time it happens, I had to look it up. You get It's passing yards to the spot of the lateral and then it's rushing yards from there because it's essentially a handoff, isn't is it? it? No, it's because we did it. It was passing yards the whole way. The first guy gets receiving yards to the spot of the lateral. The second guy gets receiving yards from the lateral to the end of the play. Interesting. That was also the sixth touchdown of the game. So they were up. I, I'm you know, not, you I'm just, not fast enough to do this PAT math, but it was 30-something to nothing you, at that point. You got to put it on film for Napa Vine to have to worry about next week. Yeah, absolutely. Napa Vine's like, my God, they did that in Cathlamet. Nobody's pulled off a successful hook and ladder in Cathlamet 30 years. Uh, next game, Mortnoy Pass loses to Forks, 40 nothing. Brecken Pelletier had 69 yards. The rest of the team had 23 for the Timberwolves. Yep. Forks, okay? I mean, they only beat them 40 to nothing this time, so maybe maybe they're feeling nicer than the last time they were running clocked. Morton White Pass wasn't that a thing a couple of years ago. Yeah, I feel like it was a lot more. Yeah. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Elam's Home Furnishings and Mattress Gallery. Whatever you need to furnish your home, go to Elam's Home Furnishings. I don't have any good bits for this. If you want to lie down on something, odds are Elam's has it. That's yeah. Couch. My, my parents chair. are moving soon, so I'll tell them to go to Elam's. You should. 
Call him right now on mic. <laughs> Just be like, Bob, Dad. Uh, uh, my mom's in a plane, unfortunately. But oh, sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They're located at fifteen thirty South Gold Street in Centralia. You can visit them online, elamshf.com, and see all the cool deals they've got. You can even uh, qualify for promotional financing through the Synchrony Home. Whoa, whoa, that's card. new. I know. Never mentioned that before. We should lead with that. Yeah. And I next time, you know. Do you I have any like? Re- do you have any reviews? No. Sorry, I. I got nothing. Uh, moving on to one B football. Masaryk shuts out Muckle Street Travel, fifty-two nothing. Easton Cold four completions, two of them were for touchdowns. He also ran the ball four times, and two of those went for touchdowns. Masaryk only ran twenty-two offensive plays and scored on six of them, which is what's that like twenty-eight percent? Yeah, over a quarter. Pretty good. Just not. I can't imagine the most fun game. I feel like they're going to get a bunch of these. Yeah. Uh, Charles Edgar took a fumble back for a touchdown in the end zone. He found himself a last name. Uh, any thoughts on Mossy Rock? They're going to get a bunch of these. I think they play nice in three weeks, and until then, I can't see anything other than this happening kind of every week. Okay. Uh, Winlock loses to Chief Leshai 54-22. It was 16-14 midway through the second quarter. Then Leshai scored five straight touchdowns. Jesus. Thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> great, great con. There have <laughs> been better days for Winlock. I mean, have there? Tell, tell us a good story about Winlock football, Aaron. Uh, I think I've covered one Winlock football game in the last 12 years. Was it against Yelm? It was against Toledo, actually, and Ooh, we had recorded a podcast shortly Battle before Battle of the Cowlitz. Where uh, my previous coworker, Matt Beatty, had made a comment that he thought, he, he had the take that this is Winlock's year to beat Toledo, Okay, and he announced that on the podcast. I think they were both ranked somehow, and after the game, I talked to, I think, Jacob Marley of the play for Toledo, and got him to record a video where he read a prepared statement trashing Matt Beatty and his terrible picks in the podcast. It was a whole thing. It was a lot of fun. Nice. Anyway, yeah, that was that's my Toledo or Winlock football story. I did, though, my, my Winlock football story was the when they were good two years ago, three two years ago, and I hit like traffic on the way up. It was back when I was in Longview, and you know they got the ramp at the top of the stadium. You got to like mm-hmm. walk all the way down, and there's the gate. You can't like cut through down the hill. You got to go all the way around, and I showed up right at kickoff and I was trying to get like my camera ready like to, to walk down. And by the time I hit by, by the time I stepped to the gate, the opening kickoff had happened. By the time I stepped through the gate, it was seven, nothing. By the time I was halfway down the ramp, it was 14, nothing. And by the time I actually got on the field, it was 21, nothing. Who are they playing? I think they were playing muckle shoot. Mm. It was not a good time. All right. For uh, it was a good time for Winlock. Yeah, I'm sure they enjoyed it. Uh, some other scores that were not reported. Adna beat White Swan 62-12. to 12. That's a lot of points. Probably. Clahoya uh, beat Tonino 32-26 to 26 in overtime. Remember when we looked up where Clahoya was? Clahoya. Clahoya, and we're surprised. Tonino is that... Three one-score losses No, to start they, the year. Well, they lose by multiple scores, one of them. The first week wasn't as close. but And Oakville beat Tahola 18-12. to 12. And We know nothing about it. A 
apparently. But yeah, they okay. scored and they won. So that's what's important. That's that's better than the last two weeks they scored. Yeah. All right. This podcast brought to you by AmeriCool Heating and Cooling. Josh, are you either too hot or too cold? Uh, I'm a little cold right now. Do you want? Well, but you know, Richard Case was also a little too cold, and I found his five star review from two weeks ago. Starting, thank you, AmeriCool! Exclamation point. Uh, what else is the the above and beyond to install our new American standard system, the unit, and all necessary equipment? Uh, and it looks amazing. A plus 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 service. Please see the attached pictures. He attached pictures. A <laughs> all caps big thank you goes to Josh, Corey, and Chansey. This is how I actually tell you I work for Miracle. Also, I, I feel like attaching the pictures is just Richard I install bragging. Yeah. Oh, he's got us. Oh, yeah. We got. We want to take a look at these photos. Look yeah. at this. Look at this, man. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Mwah. Yeah. Great stuff. I did a really good job installing that. Apparently. Um. AmeriCool Heating and Air Conditioning. Your comfort is their business. They offer full-service HVAC installation services and repair with a 100% satisfaction guarantee on everything they do. Just like us. Ask Richard Case. Yeah. Uh, You can visit west.americoolonline.com or call their emergency service line 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 360-948-2355. I'm not going to read this one, but my favorite reviews are the ones where somebody gives them a one-star review. And they reply with a five-paragraph essay dropping the receipts on how terrible the customer was. Yeah. You come at AmeriCool Heating and Air Conditioning, you, you best, best not, not miss. miss. Because they will bring back all the receipts. <laughs> all right. Uh, grid picks. How do we... We did so well. Uh, yeah, I haven't even looked at Absolutely baller grid see. picks week. Week three grid week. picks. Wow. A lot of green. Wow. Look at that. Everyone. Dylan and myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Flawless victories. You know what? My grid picks are. So hot right now. I just want to point out that as a panel, we only got eight games wrong, and Chad was four of those. Yeah. Cody missed two. Jordan missed one. Josh, you. Trusted into 902 much. Yeah, you know, it happens. Anyway, yeah, Dylan, congrats on your flawless victory. Congrats on yours as well. What a what a week. Uh, up this week, none of us have entered our picks except for Dylan. But uh, yeah, we'll I, just, hope, I hope we weren't trying to do these live. I felt them out like half an hour ago. <laughs> no, we're cool. We'll uh, we'll talk through them now. Uh, Centralia at Tumwater. Ooh, this is dicey. Uh, Josh, who you got? I think Chad's gonna lose a pick on this one because uh, yeah. Oh, you just wrote Tumwater in for me. Yeah, I think this one will be over relatively quickly. Uh, Black Hills at WF West. Who do you guys got? I still think WF West has it, and they might have a bit of momentum after last week. This was a 35 nothing game last year. And, yeah, I think it's two teams that kind of, their talent's on the outside, and they're both kind of looking for some stability inside. And when you get those types of games it's kind of be who has the better athletes and i still think that's wf west for right now uh is wf west a tough place to play in your opinion this depends because wf west i think now is not a particularly place tough place to play in a month when they've completely torn up that field it becomes a tough place to play but right now i think the grass is mostly grass that's accurate, I think. Yeah, um, I agree. I also feel like it. the thing that makes it weird, though, is I, I have a feeling that 
the field at WF West, the like the hash marks are a good seven feet higher than the sidelines. Like that, yeah. That field arcs, I think, more than anybody else in the area. So it's a weird place to play. I know that the soccer team always has fun with it because the football team tears up the middle of the field so much that teams have you play. You just play wide all the time because you just can't kick the ball up the middle of the field. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have WFS in that one as well. I think they're and so is Dylan. They're fine. Yeah. A sweep. Uh, Shelton. Are you sure, Josh? Are you sure you're not just chasing Dylan and I now? Oh, you, am I copying you guys? A little yeah. bit, maybe. Yeah, okay. Uh, Shelton at Rochester. Rochester. Uh, Dylan, you've got Rochester down here. I do, and I also accidentally just created a fifth sheet that I'm trying to figure out how to delete. Uh, don't worry about that now. <laughs> uh, I mean, live. Sent, uh, WFS success against Shelton last week came on the ground, and that is just about the only thing that Rochester does. So, Good call. Uh, Ani at Tenino. What is Tenino? Are they two and one? They're zero and three. three. They're zero and three. But they've three all and been close, and they've bitten me every single time. God, I don't know. I, I, I went, and I, went I think, Ani. I, I like think I have to go. I've, it has not bitten me enough. I think I have to go with Tenino on this one. They're just it's, once again. You are going Tenino, okay? Um. So this is the one that changes it. I mean. Tonight I was going to throw the ball around, and that's new for tonight. Like this, I feel like this has become a good rivalry in the past couple of years. It wasn't really before, but they had a really good game two years ago. They didn't really have a close game last year, but this kind of like good. a friendly non-league. Thing. Yeah, yeah. But the past two years, it was like let's just take the two most smash mouth teams and make them bang their heads against each other for four quarters. Yeah. This year, it's going to be different. I, I can't see Ani having anything that. Anybody that can stop Jack Burkhart from catching the ball. I don't know if Tonino has anything that's going to stop Ani's line from just smashing its way through all the time. I think this is going to be a good game. This is another just ultimate clash of styles game. All right. Uh, Raymond South Bandit Adna, the Casey Johnson Bowl. Who do you guys got? I wish Cody was here. He would have some thoughts. Dylan's got Raymond, Raymond South, South Band. Band. What's, what's their record? I honestly don't remember off the top of my head. Oh, come um, on. They've only played three games. There's only three options. Either one or two. <laughs> Where are we at? Start the whole music They are two again. and one. Mm-hmm. Who'd they two beat? Two and one. They beat Iwako, I think? They lost to Toledo, and they beat Iwako and Wakaikum. So. Ah, this is, should be a close one. I mean, Yeah, I was pretty... On the fence about this one, and just ended up leaning that way. You know what? I'm going to be a homer. I'm taking Adna. It's going to be Adna. It's at Adna. I think I got to go RSB just until I see Adna win a close game. Okay. Uh, next game, PWV at Napavine. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and enter Napavine for you, Josh. Dylan already has it. I am also going thing, that way. This is the one I, we're doing this before the preview capsules come out. This is, I think, what I wrote in the preview capsules was. This is probably not going to be a particularly close game, but both teams have a lot that they can show while it still is not a particularly close game. Like, Napavine needs to get a couple steps better. PWB can show it's a couple steps better. It's probably still going to be 45 to nothing. Yeah, it's what, like, it's going to be, it, it won't be a close game, but it is going to be something that everybody else in the league looks at. Yeah, like, well, and, and everybody's going to compare what PWB can do against Napavine to what Ani did against Napavine, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Wakayakum at Toledo. I yeah, like Toledo. 
Yeah, I do too. Okay. Uh, Morton White Pass at Rainier. I don't know. The, the fun thing about this is like talking to Rainier coach Andy Bartel at the beginning of the year, he was like, you know, I'd rather be in a lower league and get momentum than be the like the the bottom of the barrel in the good division, which is what this matchup would be at the end of the year. But Rainier also just has gotten blown out by 45 points in back-to-back weeks. So I don't know how much momentum is there. I think they win, though. I think they got the athletes. And I think this starts a stretch for Rainier. This is, I think, the last game they play against an upper division team. Uh, I think they win, and this starts a really hot stretch for them where they start putting up uh, fun numbers against teams that aren't on Alaska. Um, I'm going to go board wide pass. Just just contrarian sake. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. One, of, one of those teams is going to get a much-needed boost. Because yeah. like you said, they've both suffered some tough defeats, and well, and, somebody's got to win. And Morton, I mean, Morton, they've already started because last week, Force was a league game, but they go PWB, Napa Vine after this. So, like... Uh, Winlock at Nacelle is our yeah. next one. Premier eight-man matchup in the... Well, well, never mind. It used to be. Used to be. No, now It is indeed an eight-man matchup. Yes. That part an, remains true. Nacelle is premier. One of the matchups of the week. Uh, I remember, I remember two years ago when this was one of the best games of the year, or one of the ones you circled in. It, it is no longer. Yeah, I think Nacelle across the board. Yes. Oakville at Chief Leshai. Leshai. Chief... Lots Flesh of points eye. for at least Chief Flash Eye. And then Sound Christian. Where's Sound Christian? It's in the sound. Nice. Sound of music? The Puget Sound. The Sound of Metal? The Sound of Doves Hol- Crying? The Sound of Holiness. <laughs> the Sound of, oh sound God, of I was One gonna, Hand yeah. Clapping? <laughs> it is a joke that should not be made there. Uh, Mossy Rock. The sound of Vikings scoring a lot of points. I will also take Mossy Rock. Is there a joke about Vikings raiding Christian lands or something? I don't know. Uh, I, you can make one. Yeah. You can make one. Um, uh, all right. <laughs> That's grid picks. It's on my live on the air. Do you want to go through and predict Chad's picks? Um, yeah. It's Every just, team we cover. It's called GeoGuessr. Uh, yeah. You could just have a map make those picks for you. Anything else? Uh, oh, we got some more stuff on Post the list animals. here. Uh, non-football stuff. Adna Soccer is killing itself with its non-league schedule, and we'll see if it pays off. I mean, they did this last year, I think. Alec covered most of their games last year, took most of their calls last year. Adna Softball is 0-5-1 zero, zero to start its season, and they're playing against with six games, maybe 0-4-1, zero, 0-4-1, one. Zero, I think, with five games against... One A's, two A's, and three A's, and they're playing Kelso tonight, so that's probably another one. Um, the only two B team that they played was Tenasket in Quincy. They had a three game week last week with all higher classification teams, and then they went to Quincy to play Tenasket for some reason. Like they are just completely trial by firing themselves. Um, they're going to be the on Alaska football, right? They're going to because even if they run through the league, which they could. They're going to play Napavine to start, and that's going to be a really good game, and then they're going to have to play Ani and Kalama. Like, they could 100% be, like, 7-7 seven and seven, and the number two team in the state tournament. All right. Uh, Tumwater Volleyball beats Black Hills in round one. Dylan was there. Tumwater 
Are they good? They are very good. Um, it wasn't close. The first set was props to the Wolves for kind of hanging in there early. I think off the top of my head, I want to say it was 25-22 first set. But after that, Tom Water just rolled. And, you know, speaking with Coach Molly after, the win made them 4-1. and one, And her stance was, we are just now getting to the point where we feel we, where she feels, I should say, that they're getting everything that I'm coaching and they're really starting to click. So for them to be four and one and just now be starting to feel that way, it's a good sign for them moving forward. And I believe Black Hills beat Rochester handily in its first league matchup. So those two teams are probably going to be the ones to beat again. Uh, WF West Soccer may be figuring it out. They had another. They also gave themselves a tough non-league, but unlike the two Bs, they got into league schedule and they won two games pretty convincingly. They beat, I think, Shelton and Aberdeen. Something like that. So that's another one. You know, you go 0-4 in non-league. It doesn't mean anything if you're 2-0 and in league. So, yeah. uh, And big news on Thursday. It is the Swamp Cup Volleyball match and game one of... Wait, where's... There it is. The Chronicle Cup. Hell yeah. Do you want to elaborate? Um, so every year... WF West and Centralia play each other at sports, and when when they do, it's a, it's a rivalry. What do you mean? What do you want to elaborate? <laughs> I don't know. Are either going to be <laughs> close? Um, You're the yeah, sports editor. Give me some information. This, Jesus. Give him the sparks notes. The I, spark I, notes. I think this this is actually there's more intrigue in both of these matchups. So first of all, they are the same day. For whatever reason, the Avco scheduled it that the soccer team, a school soccer team, all the league matchups, soccer plays at one school, and then the two teams go play at the other school in volleyball. Yeah, on the same day, mm-hmm. that was that wasn't a thing last year. Parking, sure. <laughs> so, Centralia. So both of these, the Centralia WFS matchups, are going to happen on the same day, and then in whatever three weeks, they're going to play again on the same day. I think there's more intrigue in both of these than there's been in a, uh, a while. Soccer, WFS has owned the rivalry. I think I was looking back. I don't think Centralia has beaten them since 2017. Probably. Uh, it's been a while. I know last year, WF West won the first game like two to nothing and four to nothing or something, and the second game two to one, and that was the first time Centralia had scored against them in a while. And Centralia pretty much brings it back. Its whole team, WF West, is still replacing pieces. A week ago, I would have said Centralia would be the out and out favorites. Obviously, Tom or Chehalis has come back and started winning games in league. So I think I think that's a toss up. And then volleyball, I will say, I think Centralia is the out-and-out favorite, and I don't know the last time that happened in a WFS Centralia game in an, a while. Um, WFS is breaking in uh, Tiffany Alvarado. They've got a new coach. They're breaking in pretty much a new lineup across the board. They've uh, struggled a bit to start the year, and Centralia is looking pretty decent. They lost to Tumwater, but other than that, they've won their two matches. Uh, I don't remember who their league win was against. They won both their non-league games. I think, yeah, I think the Tigers have to like where they're going in on that. All right. Um, and we will be at both of them. I don't know which one which, but we will be there. Yeah, stay tuned. Check the paper. It'll be exciting. Um, expect the big trophy for... Uh, they don't get the trophy out no. yet. So That'll be later. Yeah, so the second right, match. Ignore that. Yeah. Um, and with that, we're going to wrap things up. We will talk to you next week. Yeah.